seen you. And I know that you are life and that you are hope and that you are the great light of the world that will shed light on the way that we should go. I pray, God, that you would move in this service like never before. Lord, we will preach the word today and we will bring the gospel. And I know that today's not like just any other Sunday, Lord, as there's been a great loss that's affected most all of us. So today I want to ask you to be here in a special way for my friends, my family, God, Taylor's, Lord, the Powell family, God. I just pray that you would wash over them. I know that your spirit is already here. He's here every Sunday, but today I pray that his presence would be made known and that it would be wildly clear that your hand is here. We've seen you continually in the past few days move and work. And I'm thankful for you and how you have held this family together, how you have held all of us together. I know you will continue to do that today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to do something a little bit different today. In the Bible it says that if any one of you have anything that is troubling you or ailing you or causing you pain and causing you something that is almost too hard to bear, that you should lay hands on one another and that you should pray and ask God to anoint with special healing and anoint with power from on high. So today, I'm going to ask that we circle around and you can go to the outer parts going to gather around this family today and we're going to pray over them so if you'll make your way to the wall and we won't be able to all fit but just make your way down to the front around circle around and uh, just reach your hand out grab somebody behind you put your hand on somebody and we're going to pray over this family because they're going to need every single one of you and I want to tell you why you're moving I'm I'm so proud of you as a church you guys can move this way. It seems like everybody's gathering toward the family. If you guys want to come this way, reach your hand out, touch somebody. But I've been with the family a lot, and I've seen you come by. I've seen you text. I've seen you message. I've seen you call. I've seen you bring so much food that we had to take it and store it at the well campus. I've seen you here on Saturday preparing and setting up and moving and making plans and doing whatever was asked of you whenever it was asked and I want you to know I'm proud of you I'm proud of the showing that you have made for the outpouring of love that you have poured out on this family I've seen people give up time with their kids to go and just be with them and love on them and I'm thankful I'm thankful that you guys John and Tammy and all of you guys, I'm glad you're part of our family. I'm glad that that we were able to be there for you as much as we could at least. And though this is a tragic and a terrible event, that we can at least lighten the load maybe just a little bit and tell you that we love you. And now in this time, we want to pray specifically for them. So lay your hand on somebody, stretch you out if you, your hand out if you feel comfortable with that. 
and uh, just pray that the Holy Spirit would move. Pray in agreement, in agreement with me. God, I pray. I pray for my brother and my sister. God, I pray for John and Tammy and for Dalton and Stanley. God, I pray for Lisa and Kathy and Billy. God, I pray for Eddie and Jesse and Jen and everybody else. God, I pray with everything that is within me that you would wash over them, that you would wash over them with the power of the Holy Spirit, that they would feel a peace and a comfort knowing, God, that he is smiling right now, that he is happy where he is. He is okay and perfectly fulfilled and complete. But we know on this side that it's going to be a long time, a long healing process. And it's going to take every one of us praying daily. God, it's going to take every one of us messaging and texting and calling and continually being there for them whenever they need us. God, I pray that you would not relent in your pursuit and your love in them. God, I pray for John and Tammy in these coming days, weeks, months, and years that they would heal that they would be there for one another, that this would press them closer together like I have seen it do. I pray, God, that they would continue to press closer into you like I know that they will. You're going to hold them, God, and I'm believing that, and I'm claiming that, that they're going to go toward you and not away. God, I know they have questions. I know there's anger in their hearts. God, I know that they're wondering why, but I also know that they love you and that they're trusting and they're leaning on you, and in the darkest of days, they're still shining the light. Thank you for that in them. Thank you for the witness that they have been and the encouragement that they have been. Lord, I've seen them lift others up even as they grieve. Lord God, be there for them. Be there with these uh, that surround them, that they would know how to say it, what they need to say, how to encourage. Lord, how to know when to be quiet when they just need to be quiet. Help us to know how to love them. Be here with us the rest of the day. God, for the service after our church service, God, I pray that you would be there. I pray that as this young man has, has given his life, that out of that would come birth the salvations of souls. And I already see people here under the gospel because of this young man. I've seen churches come together. I've seen the whole community come together. I've seen things that I never have seen before. Thank you for this young man's powerful, starlit story. He's shining bright. He is a superstar for Jesus Christ. He is Skylar. And you are Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Continue to pray. Thank you. You may be seated. As you're going back to your seats, I want to uh, thank you for being here this morning. I want to welcome you if it's your first time. Uh, we love having you here. Uh, some of you don't have a church home. If you don't, I pray that you would come and be with us and uh, let us welcome you as family. If you do have a church home, thank you so much for visiting and uh, being here in this time. I know a lot of you are here in support of the family, and I know they appreciate that, and we appreciate that. Uh, just some uh, housekeeping, the um, uh, Chili Pepper group uh, went up to Tennessee. Thank you for the prayers that you've poured out on them. And I know that this has been working in their life too because Hambone sent me a message last night and said, be praying because nearly our whole group, and I think we had about 50 to go if I'm not mistaken, uh, huh? 40 youth and a bunch of uh, leaders 
uh, responded to the call. And so uh, God is moving. He's moving all around us. And uh, I, don't want to, uh, I don't want to miss out on an opportunity to spread the love of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I'll be in prayer for those guys. Um, we were going to have a partnership class today, but obviously that's going to be canceled. And I think it moved two weeks. Check in your bulletin. There are several other announcements in your bulletin. Um, make sure you grab one of those on your way out if you didn't on your way in. And uh, we're going we're gonna to continue on in service and we're going to continue on in worship. Thank you guys for being here. I love you. You know, when, uh, when you called into the ministry, and you love to preach, and it just gets you going. It's exciting. It's what I live for. It's what God has called me to do. It's these parts that I didn't, I didn't realize what I was getting into. And uh, you sometimes you just don't know what to do. And for those of you who didn't know this family or didn't know Skylar, I was going back and forth, you know, Lord, what do I do in the service? Do you know is how much does it affect the service? And because we're going to have a funeral service right after this, and so that's what that'll be about. And how much does how much does this affect this service? And I tell you, it's going to affect it some because he affected me. <laughs> he affected me. Um, but this service is going to be about Jesus in Skylar's memory. The scholar's honor. And it just so happens, I know you're going to think I just did this because of it, but I was going back and forth. Do I continue the series this week? Do I take a break this week? And you know, I continued it. You know why? It's because God is the greatest planner I've ever seen. And uh, we talked last week about prophet, priest, and king. And I told you last week that I was going to talk this week about prophet. And I had already planned on what I was going to do, and I started to go away from it. But the Lord said, no, Brandon, unless a seed go into the ground, nothing can come out. Nothing can grow. And he told me, he said, Brandon, this is going to be an opportunity. This young man's sacrifice, this young man's life given up will be an opportunity for life to begin. And God is told me that there will be life happen today. There will be life come out of this loss because the gospel's gonna go forward. And I wanna share with you a, a great prophet from the Old Testament, a patriarch from the Old Testament that has gone through uh, this, this similar thing and, and God did something in his life that didn't make sense. As a matter of fact, today's message is called When It Just Doesn't Make Sense. When It Doesn't Make Sense. Because sometimes when things happen in our life, we just don't understand how could this possibly be part of the plan? How could this possibly be a good thing? God, how can you let something like this happen? And I know we have this situation right here, but 
but there's all kind of people all throughout the room that you have different things going on in life and you're asking God, why did you let this happen? Why did you let me go down this path? Why did you let that happen to this, this loved one of mine? Why is there disease in my family? Why are these things happening? And sometimes God puts these things in our life for different reasons and we have no idea why. And so we ask, what do we do in those times when it doesn't make sense? What do we do when it just doesn't make sense? When, as I just took a picture of that, that song that we were singing, listen to the words of that song because it resonates. It says, I've seen dreams that move the mountains, hope that doesn't ever end even when the sky is falling. And right now, I know the sky is falling. But the sun's still shining. And so this will apply. I want to I give you something here, but this applies to you too. Because there are all kind of people in this room that your sky is falling right now. I want to give you a word this morning because God has given me a word. And it's a powerful word. Not because I'm speaking it, but because it's in his word. Before we do that, I'm going to ask God to bless this service and bless these words. Jesus, we call upon your name. We ask you, God, to come in a miraculous way, God, to give supernatural power to the word of God as it goes forth. Lord God, I pray that those sitting under the sound of my voice as I proclaim the word of God and the gospel, I pray that their hearts would be changed. God, that they would be strengthened, that they would be transformed, that their faith that moves mountains and holds them together, the faith that they have in your son would be strengthened and it would be grown because you have done the unimaginable in order to rescue us. God, you have done the very thing that we cringe at when we think about it. God, you did it willingly. Lord God, as we proclaim the gospel here this morning, I pray that you would take those that have no faith, that have no foundation, that have no hope, and I pray that you would breathe life into them, and all of a sudden they, they would wake up, that they would see the glory of the Son of God as he shines bright in the sky, and that they would hit their face and ask him to remove their sin and wash over them in the blood of Jesus Christ, their precious precious blood be with us now be with me as I try to proclaim this message as my heart is hurting too for my little brother who's went home to be with you but I know that we don't mourn like those without hope but that we have confidence that the big man's okay pray that you would help us to heal in Jesus name amen let's get into the word of God we're going to be in Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. 22, 1 through 14. Uh, for those of you who uh, are coming to the service, it's going to be uh, down at the football field at 2 o'clock. And um, if you want, you can go from here down there. Um, you can leave for a little while and come back, whatever you like to do. Just a little reminder, it's at 2 o'clock at the football stadium, which is pretty ridiculously cool in and of itself. Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Let's read the word. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here am I. He said, take your son. God told Abraham, said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. 
Take your son, whom you love, up to the mountain and offer him as a burnt sacrifice, as a burnt offering, as a sacrifice. Take him to the place I'm going to tell you. So Abraham, what did Abraham do? So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, and I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. That's going to be important. I want you guys to hold on to that. And Abraham took the, word of the, burnt the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac, and he took his hand uh, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife, so they went, both of them, together. So here's Abraham and his little boy, his only son, whom he loved, and he had another son. I'll explain to you why I believe it says his only son, whom he loved. And so he gets his little boy, and he actually puts a backpack full of split firewood on his backpack, and his son is carrying the wood up the hill, and they're walking together to the place where he will lay his son on the offer and offer him as a burnt offering and kill his son. They're walking the hill together. So they went, both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, son. Here am I. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, with exclamation. And Abraham once again said, here am I. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, as it is to this day on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. I don't have a ton of time but I don't need a ton. I want to show you three things, and I'm going to go through a couple of them fairly quick, and I'm going, to, I'm going to slow down on a couple of them. The first thing I want to show you in this text is sometimes it is impossible to make sense out of life. You're just not going to be able to do it. Sometimes it is impossible to make sense out of life. And let me show you in the Word of God what I mean by that. You see, God had made a covenant with Abraham, and what he said to him, he said, Abraham, through your son, through your line, I am going to make a great nation. I am going to, I am going to make your, your, your offspring as numerous as the sands on the seashore. I am going to do a wonderful work through your son. 
You're going to be a great nation. And out of your line will come a Savior, a Savior of the world. And he will sit on the throne forever. But in these verses, we see him say, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you now. That doesn't make any sense. God had already told Abraham that I'm going to make you... uh, a descent. I'm going to make you the father of many, 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 many nations through this son. But then he told him, said, take this son and offer him as a sacrifice. The only explanation of how Abraham could have possibly done what God called him to do was what? Trust. There is no way that he could have made sense of this situation. Not only had God made this covenant with Abraham that he was going to make his son, that he was going to make him the father of many nations, but why would God ask him to do that? The one son whom he loved, and the text says that this was his only son whom he loved, but we know that he had another son named Ishmael. I believe the reason that he says this is, is that number one, it was the only son that him and Sarah had together. Number two, it was the one and only son that was going to carry that line out till it got to Jesus. And number three, he loved him with everything that he had. And we know that he he loved his other sons too. He loved all of his sons, but he loved this one too. And God had called him to what? Give up the very thing that he loved. Sometimes, God, it's incomprehensible, the things that he asks Sometimes the way that life goes, we can't even start to fathom what's going on, why it is. You see, part of the reason is is that we tend to make plans ahead of time, don't we? We tend to make plans ahead of time. I know that you guys have everything planned out. I was talking to Tammy the other day, and she said, we're supposed to be planning this prom. And he was a good-looking kid, so they was probably going to have to plan a prom for Polk County and Landrum. <laughs> we make plans. James chapter 4 tells us that we need to be careful for making plans for the future because life is but a mist. It's here for a second, and it's gone. Now, I don't think it's terrible to make plans. I think the problem with making plans is if we make them without living here in the now, enjoying God in the now. You see, a lot of times, I I talk to people all the time and they say, well, one day I'll get right with God. One day down the road I'll do this or I'll do that. One day. You see, we can make plans. That's called being a good steward of your life. That's okay. But the way we need to make plans is trusting in God today for what's going to come tomorrow. See, uh, Skyler wrote this thing, and I, I loved it. it uh, he said, who do you look up to? Tell me something, something about somebody you look up to, somebody who really uh, means a lot to you and, and uh, who you want to be like or who is unique, uh, something along those lines. And he said, my family, my parents. Why? Why did he say? Because we live happy. He said, I'm, I'm excited about this family, and though you're going through this grief, we know that you were living in the now. You had plans, but you were living in the now, and that boy was loved, just like Isaac was. And God calls him to this, and we say, why? 
But we can learn here too because I want to tell you that a lot of the, thing, a lot of the times, a lot of the times, the things that God's asking us to do, we can't get. We can't understand. The things that he allows to come about, the things that he allows to happen in life, we can't even wrap our heads around it. We can't understand it. Why? Isaiah 55 tells us what? That his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. We can't see from the perspective that God's looking at. And, and we, we ask, why would he take this boy? Why would he ask Abraham to take Isaac up on the mountain and slay his only son? Why? And this is when the rubber meets the road about what we believe about God. Because if God asks you to give up your only son or if he decides to take him on home early, the question is, will you still love God? Will your faith ring true? Will it stand the test of time? And you see, we're right here face to face with it right now, and I've seen the answer. I've seen the answer, John boy. I've seen the answer, Tammy. God is real. God is real. Heaven is real. We don't mourn like other people mourn. And I tell you right now, Abraham, as he walked up the mountain with his son Isaac, he knew that I don't know why this is happening. I don't know how this is going to work out. But I know that my God is bigger. I know that my God is stronger. I know that my God is good. And whatever happens is going to happen. And God's going to be glorified. And I won't have to worry about it. He believed that if God wanted this to happen, then this is going to be a good thing one way or the other. Because God is God and he makes no mistakes. And the things that I've seen already, I could, I could just say thing after thing after thing after thing. I don't know why this happened. But I do know one thing. There has been some amazing things happen because of it. Abraham and Isaac's walking up the trail. But I want to take a step back. What do you do? What do you do when it hits? What do you do? What's the next thing you do? How do you get, what's practical information here? How do we get through this thing? Some of you are facing trials. Like I say, they're going through this, but some of you are facing something right now, and you don't know what to do next. It's just hit you like a ton of bricks right in the face. It's, it's something that God's asking you to do, something that God's taking from you, something that God is, is, is pressing on you, and you're saying, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? It seems insane. I know his thoughts are not my thoughts. I know his ways are not my ways, and that's the problem because I don't know which way to go, and I don't know what to think what do I do let me tell you what to do John boy it says so Abraham rose up early in the morning saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac you know what he done he got up and he did what God said he took a step you see sometimes it makes no sense what's going on sometimes it is impossible to make sense out of life and number two sometimes it seems impossible to trust God but you just got to take a step and I tell you, in the days to come, that's what you're going to have to do. Put one foot in front of the other. You've already been doing that. You've already been doing that. And I've seen, even, even last night in some of the things, you just got to take a breath. Just take a breath. You know what sometimes you got to do? You just got to keep breathing. Sounds simple enough, don't it? But sometimes that's hard, ain't it? Sounds simple just to keep breathing, but sometimes that's hard. Sometimes you just need to keep breathing. Sometimes you just got to keep breathing. You see, the test goes on. It says, he got up, he saddled his donkey, he took off. I want to show you something right here because this just blew my mind. And that's why I got up here at the first of the service today. 
I want you to know this. I want y'all to know this, and I want y'all to know this too. I want you to know this because this will, this will really, this will define who you are and how you handle situations like this and like what you're going through in life, every single one of you. Listen to this. Sometimes your greatest test and your greatest pain is an opportunity for your greatest worship. Sometimes your greatest test and your greatest pain is the opportunity for your greatest worship. Listen to what it says right here. Listen. It says here, it says, uh, on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, and I and the boy will go over there and worship. We'll go over there and worship and come again to you. You see, what he did not say was is that we will go over here and fall apart. We will go over here and be devastated. We'll go over here and, and not have any hope. You know what he said? He said, we will go over here, we will worship, and come again. He never said, I'm going to go over here, and we're going to go over here, and I'm going to come back. Because he believed that God was going to hold it together. You see, he knew that even if he offered Isaac on the altar, that Isaac was going to be just fine. And that God was worth it all. He said, we're going to go worship. You see, when everything here on this side is outside of your control and you have no other choice but to put your trust in God, there's no distractions. You understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense? When everything here is falling apart and the only thing that you can depend on is God, your worship is heightened to the heavens. Because, see, there's nothing else that you can depend on. There's nothing else holding you up. There's nothing else. The, the, the sky is falling around you. The whole world is crumbling, so it's just you and God. It's just you and God. And you cry out to him like you've never cried out to him before. And I guarantee you, you've been doing that. Your greatest test and your greatest pain is an opportunity for your greatest display of faith. How much faith did it take for Abraham to take his son up the mountain. How much faith does it take for you to be here today? How much faith does it take for you to be here today? Some of you are struggling with, with drug addiction and alcohol addiction and all these things that are weighing you down and everything that you hear whispered in your ear, every attack of the enemy is saying, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You're not good enough to be here. You need to go crawl in a hole. What's wrong with you? You think you're good enough to be here? And Jesus says, you are because of what I did. See, there's none of you here any better than anybody else. There's none of us here worthy. There's none of us here worthy enough to be here. We're all broken. We're all, we're all falling apart. We're all affected by sin. We're all crumbling under the pressure. We all need each other. We all need Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made. We're all in desperate need. Some just see it more than others. And that's why I tell you this is your greatest opportunity to display your faith and to worship because you're right at the threshold. Sometimes you just got to take a step. And lastly, the thing I want to show you, and this is uh, my favorite part. If you guys want to come up, Wesley, and this, a little early, but uh, I want to spend a, a, a minute here. Number one, sometimes it is impossible to make sense out of life. Number two, sometimes it seems impossible to trust God, and you just got to start taking steps. You just got to remember to breathe. 
But number three, sometimes it seems impossible to find Jesus in the chaos. Sometimes it just seems impossible to find Jesus in the chaos. You see, if you've ever heard me preach any amount of times, this, a lot of you, I think this is your first time, let me tell you the way I feel about preaching. And I know that there's been several things said about me and about our church, but it's okay. The way I believe is, is that we can come to the scriptures and we can find lots of good principles. We can find lots of good rules and lots of good steps that you can take to be a better person. Some people call this the roadmap to life, and in so many words, I would kind of agree, but I think you missed the point if you leave it in that realm. The way I feel about this is that it is a roadmap. It is a roadmap to life, but the only way that it's a roadmap to life is that it's a roadmap to Jesus. And if we can't find Jesus, then we can't find what we need. Every sermon must start with Jesus. Have Jesus in the middle and it must end with Jesus. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But you know when the sky is falling and the storm is raging and the waves are rolling, sometimes it's really hard to see Jesus in until he comes walking on the water. Until he says, shh. Until he says, arise, and your eyes come open. Until like Ezekiel, he prophesies to the breath, and the bones start to shake, and they come together. And all of a sudden, life comes in, and they, for the first time ever. You see, these are not words of advice, brother. These are words of life. And what you are experiencing right now, you know, I have no idea. That's one thing that whew, makes it tough to love on you guys because I just, I don't really know what you're going through. But I know one that does. Let me tell you. Abraham what do we got to do? We got to find Jesus. Sometimes it's hard to see Jesus. Let me show you Jesus because we need to see Jesus. You see, Abraham strapped the wood onto the back of his only son. And they started trekking up the hill. Sound familiar? They walked up the hill and he was wondering, Daddy, what's going on? Is there another way? I remember another only son who had wood strapped to his back who was walking up a hill and I remember him one day being in a garden sweating drops of blood and asking his father is there another way but he told his father he said nevertheless your will be done and as they marched up the hill Jesus Christ was laid on an altar too an altar of wood except his was hung high in the air and I'll show you Jesus in the text so you don't think I'm making it up. You see, and when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. <laughs> then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son, and I can see it now. Abraham is on the mountain. 
and his son is laying on the wood and he raises the knife high in the air and he's about to slaughter his son because he has faith in God. And it says, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, now those of you who have been paying attention to me for the past year or two, who is the angel of the Lord? Who? When the Old Testament says the angel of the Lord, check behind me. I'm not making this up. You go check behind me. When it says an angel of the Lord, it's an angel of the Lord. But every time it says the angel of the Lord, that's Jesus Christ. And it says as Abraham raised his knife high in the air to slaughter his one and only son whom he loved, the angel of the Lord spoke and he said, Abraham, do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. You know how that would have to happen? is that if he would have some type of vine, maybe a thorny vine wrapped around his horns. <laughs> I know another lamb that had a crown of thorns. Could I make this stuff up? On down through the tongue of time, Jesus Christ would be incarnated. And he would come in the flesh and he would be God's only son. And he would take the wood on his back and he would march up Calvary, up the mountain. He would march up the hill with the wood on his back thinking the whole way, I'm sure, God, is there another way? And he would get to the top of the hill and he would lay on the altar, which is the cross, and he would be hung high in the air. And God, his father, would raise the knife. And he would not stop. But he would thrust it in. And his only son would be lost on the cross for you and for me. You see, God did not stop his knife, but he plunged it deep into his one and only son so that he could look and say, don't harm that boy. Don't harm that child. Because I've harmed mine. Don't you see? The only hope that you have of avoiding the slaughter is that Christ was slaughtered. The only chance that you have for not paying for your sin is that Christ paid for your sin. The only chance that you have to wake up from the grave is that Jesus Christ woke up from the grave. There is no chance, there is no hope, there is no opportunity for you to do it on your own because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if it's not Christ who dies on the cross for you, you will die on that cross. But since he died on that cross, you don't have to. Accept the sacrificial son who laid down his life. Scholars, okay? Because Jesus died. He's 
risen in heaven, perfect body, just like Christ. The question now is about you. Will you be there in the end? Will you be there now? You see, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The good thing is, is I've ever seen anybody live life. That joker lived life, and he lived it now. And he's living it even better now. But I want to tell you, look, I'm not one of these guys that says, look, believe in Jesus, get saved, and hold on to the end. That sounds like one of them old-time preachers out there. Just hold on now. No, I don't say that. I say when you come to know Jesus and he sets you free to live, you live today. That you start to, to live and you start to breathe. Those of you who are slave to addiction, be set free. Those of you who don't know what to do next, be set free. Those of you who don't know how to live life, you forgot how, come to the one who knows how to live life. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And all that come to me, what? They will live. The truth will set you free. So today as we all stand to our feet and as we draw the service to a close, you see, this prophet was all about Jesus. And I pray that you're all about Jesus. I pray that you'd give him your life, that you would allow him to, to die in your place so that you might be made new, so that you might live. We're going to go down and we're going to celebrate this life. And I'm going to tell you guys, I know it's impossible. I know it's impossible to make sense of this. It's not going to happen. You will get some insights as the days roll on and things start to happen just like you're already doing. But you're going to have to put one, one foot in front of the others. Are you, are you guys hearing me? Because this applies to you too. Put one foot in front of the other. Remember to breathe. Remember to breathe. Remember, none of us deserve to be here. None of us do. I've seen, I've seen this church family come together in an amazing way. I want you to keep doing that. I want you to do that for one another. I want you to do that when somebody's in trial, tribulation, struggle, and distress. Come together. Because without each other, what do we got? Look at this. And number three, remember Jesus. You remember Jesus. But because of Jesus, because of Jesus, everything is not going to be okay. Everything is okay. It's okay. And it's going to be hard, but it's okay. The altar is open. We're going to have one last song. For those of you who would like to respond, you can come respond how God so leads. If you want to come and pray, if you need salvation, we'll have a care team up here for you. If you need to be set free from your sins, I'm telling you right now, Jesus can do that. If you'd like to receive Jesus Christ for the first time, maybe, maybe you already know Jesus. Maybe you've wandered away and you need to come back. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. I don't know what you need to do, but you need to do whatever God's calling you to do. And don't delay. Don't delay. Do what God is calling you to do. A 17-year-old boy who had every intention in the world of being here this weekend is not. Do you think that you can escape that same thing? Do you think that you can't be touched? If you're not right, make it right and do it fast. Let's go. And it's officially not really a funeral but a celebration.
All right, how about that? Now, I think there's some more. And uh, we're about to leave. I know we got to get out of here. But uh, there's another one in here that needs to be saved or got saved. And I'd just like to know who it was. If you gave your heart to Christ, would you raise your hand real high? There's, there's one right there. Two. Somebody else. Three. You gave your heart to Christ. Three. There's four. There's somebody else. Hey, we're, we're right here at it. There's no better time than this. You see, you see how fragile life is, and you see that you are not guaranteed tomorrow. So do not hesitate. Today is the day, and I plead with you, and I call you to salvation. Is there another? Don't delay. Is there another? Raise your hand high. Come down here right now. I'll pray with you right now, right here. Come on down here. There's another one. Right here. And that's that boy's brother. I want you to see how you just be with him for a minute. Come on, there's another one. We just might get Pentecostal up in here. Is there another one? God's in the saving business. Come on down here. Somebody, Susie, can you talk with this lady right here, please? Amen. Some of you young people back there, don't be shy. One of your young brothers, raise your hand up, the one that got saved. Where's, where's Taylor? Look, that boy right there got saved too. Look. Amen. Hey, some of you other boys back there, some of you young ladies, you need, to, you need to follow that lead because Jesus Christ is worth it. He's worth it. He's the only one that can really help you. The only one. Is there another one before we dismiss and go celebrate this amazing young man's life? Is there another? No? All right, I'm going to shut it down. You're going to regret it. Five, four. <laughs> Jesus, I, I thank you so much. I thank you so much that out of this loss, we have great, great, great gain. <laughs> and who knows, without it, we might not have had it. And so we thank you, though we don't understand. We will trust we will put our feet one in front of the other. We will remember to breathe and we will find Jesus everywhere. You are king and we bow down. Lord God, I pray for these right now under the sound of my voice that they would be overwhelmed with joy, that they would be overwhelmed with the spirit of God. Every single one of them in the room, Lord, set us free so that we might run the race of life as fast as this young man. God, that we might live it to the fullest and never look back. Never look back. Help us in everything. Be with the celebration today. Help us in every way to glorify you. I pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Have an amazing week. We'll see you guys in just a minute. Praise God. Give him some cheers. God is good. <laughs>